We hope you enjoy this message from Expression Church of Huntington. Thank you, Lord. You know, you wouldn't be here today if the Lord had not been on your side. Some of you, would, the enemy would have already taken you out, but here you stand. It should have been over years ago, but here you are. Through disappointments, through struggles, through strains, trials, tribulations, you still remain. The enemy would have loved to challenge you out. And the Lord kept you around, not out of just pity. He kept you around out of compassion and love because the Lord has something for you for the season of life that you're in. All the experiences, all the past situations, all have led you to this point in your life. And some of you are thinking, my God, how am I gonna be able to do this? I've got this, that, and the other thing that's stacked up against me. I'll tell you how you're gonna do it, but the grace of God. The grace of God brought you this far. The grace of God will what? Take you all the way in. You believe that this morning? I believe that. I trust it with my whole heart. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this place. We bless you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Find yourself a seat, and let's get into the Word. How about Kenyon Collins there singing that last song? Not only is he a handsome young man and a great athlete, he can sure sing too, can't he? Loves the Lord. Incredible. Don't get quiet on me. <laughs> the teens are all being dismissed and the little ones are being dismissed right now for their, their class. They have a few more weeks left of their 10-week series that they're doing. And the, guy, the, the young men are going one direction and the young women are going the other. And people are pouring into them um, after we have worship here for the remainder part of the service. John chapter 6 Verse 28 and 29. I heard it said yesterday, I read this st statement. You probably have read it before too. It says, a guy, a guy posted, I think it was on Facebook or one of them, and he said, um, it's time we trade the stage for the altar. And I really don't care if there's a stage or it's an altar. Just heal the sick, cast out devils, and raise the yes, dead, and see the people saved. Yes, I'm at a point where I'm not against anything. I'm just for it. You know what I mean? I spent too much time in my life trying to, I'm not protesting anything. I just, I'm just for God. I've seen the Lord save some people in the last two weeks that, <laughs> if we'd have been protesting, we'd, prote we'd be protesting God. God, well, you, you shouldn't have done that. Look how bad they are. I'm seeing people get literally saved and transformed in a matter of a short period of time. And the saddest part about this, the hardest part about it, is people that have been saved for 20, 30 years, people that are getting saved for two and three weeks are at such a pace of revelation that the people of 20 and 30 years have been saved are looking at them going, you better slow down. You're gonna wear out. And I'm telling you, these people with passion are coming in and the Lord's just just getting a good dose of the Holy Spirit on them, and they're getting it. I mean, some of the questions that are being asked from people that have just been saved in a few, few short weeks will blow your mind. They're just naive enough to believe that God is able. Amen. And he will. You know, I've seen them tackle things that they 
and many of us would probably have to walk ourselves through because we have become very intellectualized in the church. We, and I'm against, I'm not against intelligence by no means. I, want to, I preach a message that requires you to think. I, I refuse to pastor a bunch of people that don't think for themselves. You gotta be able to think and trace and track through uh, because we, we just, I just don't want a bunch of robots so I can tell you what to do. You gotta think, right? You gotta study for yourself. But I'm watching people that have not years of experience um, in Christianity, and they're diving right in. Uh, you're going to see it. You're going to see it. Um, if you don't know somebody by that by now, I promise you, don't. If, and if somebody comes to you and says, I just gave my heart to the Lord, and you said in your mind something tells you that they really didn't do it because you heard it before, can you just not give them the benefit of the doubt? Because this might be the time. Yeah. Right? It's okay to, to believe them. Let's, uh, let's go here. John 6, 28 says, they, then, they said unto him, said, then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered them with this profound theological statement. This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. Wow. If that were me, I would say, okay, yes, but there's got to be a comma past this, and there's got to be a condition or additional responsibilities. How do I work the works of God? By believing on him whom he sent. There's got to be a foundation, there has to be a foundation of belief deep in our heart that not only is God able, God is willing. You believe that? Yeah. We've gotta go over and cross over to a place where God's desire is to see people saved, no matter how bad they are, yeah. right? Aren't you just glad you're not God? Because a few people, we'd have just written off, wouldn't we? Huh? We'd written off, I've already talked to you once. I'm, I'm not, they need more of an evangelist than me. And God saves them, raises them up, brings them out of their pit. I've seen it happen. I'm, I'm seeing people I'm seeing people finding themselves in situations that are so hard that God is simplifying the process and what was taking months and years to happen is happening in a moment. Yeah. People that have, diving, or have been diving into satanic and occult things are now crying out going, I really want Jesus. People have been diving into all kinds of craziness over the years, and they're going, now, I, I've tried all of that. I've exhausted myself with all of that, but here I am. I want Jesus. And they're call, you know who they're calling to get Jesus from? You and me. And the question is, can we give them Jesus, or do we give them the thought of Jesus? Do we give them the theology, or can we give them the person, the relationship? Nobody wants to know the abstract Jesus. Right? It's gotta become a reality. It's gotta become, show me Jesus. The disciples asked the question, what do we do to do the works of God? Jesus says, believe on him that sent me. 
you, you gotta believe. It's gotta be a foundation of core belief. And what do we, what do we believe? What, what do we believe in? We believe that all power has been given to Jesus at the death, burial, and resurrection, all power in heaven, in earth, and under the earth, all are subject to Jesus. Right? Not some power, all power. All principalities and powers of the air, rulers of darkness and wickedness in high places, all are subject to Jesus. Jesus is superior to everything. Anyone, anything, everything. Jesus is superior, right? Now, here's the challenge that we face, and I'm gonna break down a few of these scriptures in just a moment. The challenge that we face today is that most of us have grown up in a works-based Christianity, a performance-based Christianity, where it's based on your performance or your ability to keep certain things or not do certain things that merits God's pleasure and favor on your life. We were raised that way. So it was a merit system with Jesus. If we do well, he will bless us. If we don't do well, he'll subtract that blessing from us. So we've got him standing in the sideline evaluating how well we live our life. Most of us grew up that way. I know I did. Anybody else here grow up that way? It's called, it's the gospel of condemnation. <laughs> you get condemned when you can't perform. And when condemnation comes upon you, you put the effort of living life on you and not on him. Right? When Jesus said in Revelation chapter three, I think, it's, I, think I may give that to you. Did I give Revelation 3 says this. He says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. Here we go. And I will sup with him and he with me. Next verse says, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and I'm set down with the Father in his throne. Anybody that knocks, well, I want them to come sup with me. What he, what's the sup he talking about, supper? He's talking about the communion. Yes. When we eat of the body of Jesus, partake of the body of Jesus, and drink of the blood in the new covenant. The blood and the body of Christ allows you to do, go from verse 20 to do verse 21. Verse 20 says, if you will allow me to come in, and you eat of this, I will sup with you. I will let you partake of the new covenant with me. But if you don't let me come in and sup with you, you can never become the next verse which says, to him that overcometh. We're trying to get into the kingdom and live a life of overcoming, but we're not gonna be able to do it based on relying on human effort We've got to know him for who he is. And Jesus signed, sealed, and delivered the new covenant to you and me. And I'd like to tell you, which is hard to swallow, I'd like to tell you, depending on your measure of faith, that's how much of this stuff you get. But I'm gonna tell you something just a little bit different. It's the measure of Jesus' faith Amen. determines how much you get. That's right. It's not what... 
it's not how much faith you have in faith, it's how much you believe in him to do the works of God. I used to pray for people and think my faith was weak because I didn't see somebody get healed or get delivered. And then I realized my faith was in faith. It's not faith in faith, it's faith in him. And how we cross over into walking into the new covenant is partaking of everything Jesus did. He did it. He did it. It is finished. It's over. The reason I'm telling you this, because if we begin, if the move of God begins to, to sweep like it's happening across the country and across the world, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people getting saved. Jim Hodges was talking about, um, when he was here a few weeks ago, about Pakistan. I got a call the other day from Pakistan, and they're wanting, instead of me flying to Pakistan, they wanna set up a stadium in Pakistan, put me on the big screen, and let me preach from my office to a, about 50,000 people. Right from my office. They'll, they're gonna be on the ground doing the work. They're gonna be meeting the, the people. They, they, they need the authentic gospel, right? They wanna hear the truth of the gospel, right? And that's what people, that's happening all, all over. It's happening in our city. I mean, things are happening in, I mean, there's a little church in the back of Louisa right now in a little, little Baptist church in Louisa that meet on Friday nights, and they've had 10 or 12 people. Ricky Simpkins goes down there and helps teach on Wednesday nights. It, they've had, on Friday nights, they've had 15, 20 people get saved in the holler. I don't know if it's the front of the holler or the back of the holler, but it's the holler in Louisa, okay? Logan, West Virginia. Williams, uh, what's the, uh, Williamson, West Virginia. Uh, Inez, Kentucky. Pikeville, Kentucky. Right? Scotttown, Ohio. People are getting saved. People are getting saved. Because there's a hunger for the authentic power and the move of the Lord. They, people have experienced religious. They, they know what it's like. It's not, that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for a, a true relationship. And we've said it a lot. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. But unless that becomes practical and we experience it, I don't know that we're going to see it. You know what I'm talking about? We just can't talk about it. It's, gotta, it's just got to happen. Demonstrate it for me, is what he's saying. So we've gotta understand that the belief that we're talking about today is this momentum and this thrusting that's moving people into the things of deeper of God. We have to make sure that we have the foundation properly laid, that it's built on Christ and Christ alone. Otherwise, if it's mixed and mingled with the old covenant and the new covenant, as God thrusts you out into these things we're dealing with, you'll get so confused because we'll start trying to do it on human effort again. What began in the spirit has to also be pursued and followed through in the spirit. It can't begin in the spirit and then we put our hands on it. We try to organize it and structure. It has to be order, right? But it can't be organized and structured over here. You think about your house. Here's what begins to happen in your home. You, you don't... I wish I could just say that it's because of you desire for something to change to happen. It, don't get yourself all puffed up. God's just doing something. Whether you like it or not, he's just doing it. He's moving, he's breathing, he's stirring. So all the stuff that's dysfunctional in your family is not gonna stop him from doing it. 
All the things that's exactly right with your family isn't causing him to do it. He's just doing it. But here's what happens when he comes. We talked about this Wednesday night, I'm gonna briefly touch this. God is not afraid of chaos. He's not afraid, he's not concerned with chaos. In fact, in Genesis chapter one, it started with chaos. Chaos happens, darkness, void, empty, things that are not fruitful, the next step is the spirit of God begins to move over that chaos. Why? Because the word's coming. And when the word begins to come and, and, and the spirit's moving, word comes to bring illumination, light, revelation, and when illumination, revelation, and light comes, darkness has to go. Why, right? Because we're not dealing with flesh and blood, we're dealing with principalities and powers Rulers in high places. In fact, let's just go into that scripture. I'm gonna show you these three heavens that I mentioned last week, and then we're gonna walk a little further deeper in this thing today. Uh, not Revelation, I'm sorry, it's Ephesians chapter one. And I think it's, yeah, there it is. This is Paul saying, the eye, I pray the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inher- of inheritance in, look where the inheritance is. It's in, his inheritance is in the saints, right? His inheritance wasn't just beating the devil. His inheritance is in the saints. You and I are his inheritance. Next verse. And what is the exceeding greatness of the power to us word and believe according to the working of his mighty power? Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Verse 21 says it. He set him in heavenly places, not just above, but far above. All, here we go, principalities, power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the who? So who is now in charge? It's us. While we're looking at Jesus to come back down here and take care of sickness and disease, he's going, I've already put it under you. I put it under, I put it, I've delegated that authority to you. So while we abdicate our, our responsibility looking to him, he's going, guys, it's you. I left you there, the body. I'm the head, you're the body. All things are underneath me. Now, I need you to get all things underneath you. Yeah. All things. Amen. Not some things, all things. Greater things that you shall do, greater works than you shall do than the things you've seen. Jesus told his disciples, guys, this, this is, there's greater things to do, greater things to see, greater things to experience, greater things to, to have fulfilled in your life. But this is, this is about perspective and Jesus being Lord and King The earth belongs to him, right? We are a part of the the head as the body, and we look out through culture, we look out through society, we look out through our families, and we're saying, gosh, God, if you don't do this, it ain't gonna happen, and God's saying, listen, I have already paid the price. What I need you to do is, first of all, believe on me that was sent. Not just believe that I died for your sins, but all things are now underneath me. 
We've made it a heaven and hell issue and we've wrestled with the wrong thing. While we know hell one day is gone, when we go to heaven, we don't know that hell's still on earth with a lot of people's lives. And our responsibility as a, as a, as a Christian, as a leader, as a, a member of the body of Christ is to walk in his delegated authority as him in the earth. Laying hands on somebody and seeing them recover or having a word of prophecy that speaks forth God's heart is doesn't, doesn't happen because you grit your teeth more, close your eyes harder, and, and try better. It comes from a, a belief and an understanding of, the, of who he really is and who he has made you to be. See, it's not good enough to know that Jesus is the son of God and think you're a distant relative. Well, that'll preach. If he's the son of God, he's your elder brother, does that make you what? It makes you a son of, or daughter of God. Jesus is healing people. He's setting people free. He's walking through the city of Jerusalem and Capernaum and all the different cities in that day. And he's walking around, his disciples are gathered. Now there's 70 or 100 or 200 people gathered around him and all the religious people over here, the, 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 the witnesses over here, they're kind of speculating, is this God or not God? Who is this guy? And they're wondering if it's true, they're hoping it's true. Then you've got the religious people going, there's no way this is true because he's violating every law we have. And he's coming through and he heals a blind man from birth. Chapter nine of John, the very next chapter Jesus starts talking about the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the, but the son of man, I, come, he said, to give life and that life more abundantly, right? He had just healed a blind boy from birth. The man was grown up in chapter nine. Jesus then begins to tell him, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give life. Let me tell you this way, Jesus said. God is not putting sickness on people and I come in here and try to get rid of it. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I come to give life. Me and my father, he said, are one. If I try to pray healing on something God put on somebody else, I'm divided against the father, he said, and I'm not divided against the father. He went on to say, if the devil can't even cast out against the devil, because he won't even divide his own house. The division is not being against, the division is being separated from. When you begin to separate yourself from Christ as if he is the worker of the thing and you're the independent contractor over here trying to get him to do something, you've just separated yourself and you're divided amongst yourself. Ooh. You and the Father are one as him and the Son are one. Jesus then goes on to say, I came to give life and that life more abundantly. Then they come to him and picked up stones that they were gonna stone and kill him. Jesus looks at the religious people that were ready to kill him and said, what works that I do, what miracles have I performed that would cause you to wanna stone me and kill me? They said this, we are not gonna stone you and kill you for any of the works that you've done. None of the miracles offend us. 
What offends us is you make yourself equal with God by saying you're the son of God. It won't be what you do. It'll be who you are. The fight is not to get you to do more. The fight is to get you to see who you are more. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Not just to destroy your body. He wants to get your mind. If he can get you convinced that that principality and power of the air that's ruling over top of your family, your home, your city, whatever it might be, if he can get you convinced, right, that if somebody calls it down and her, and her name might be Bertha or it might be Johnny, or it might, if he can get you on flesh and blood, he'll get you off the real principality. If he can get you on yourself, that you're self-examining all the time that I've got to get rid of this, I've got to get rid of that. And I'm not telling you you shouldn't take an inventory and, and, and get rid of stuff that you need to change. I'm just saying, if you think that's the cause of all the problems that are happening in your life, then you're missing who he really is to you. Yeah. You're not that good. If you have so much power to destroy everything, then we should worship you and not the one that puts it all back together. Ooh, you didn't like that, did you? Because the truth is, I got so much confidence in him anymore, I'm, I'm starting to trust him and believe him more. And I see people that are just belligerently disobedient, and I just can't help but smile. You know why? That only gonna take you so far. Because if I pray this prayer, he's on you like you don't know what. Amen. And he's gonna change your life whether you like it or not. Amen. Can you have that much confidence in him? Can you believe that much in him that he can change and wants to change and will change any situation and circumstance for the glory of God? I'm believing it. So he says, it's not what you did, Jesus. It's who you said you are. So is the enemy, if there, there's an insight inside the enemy's head, he's tipping you off right there in that passage of scripture that says, it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. So if I, I'd probably, I'll let them do what they do. They can pray for the sick all they want. But if they don't know who they are, that's gonna fall to the ground. But if, I, if they ever understand who they are, the healings and the, the, the miracles and the signs and the wonders are an output of knowing who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I hear, I just, the Lord's just moving, I can hear him in my head. I just feel it again. He said, greater things that you will do. Things that he's greater than you've seen. Then he says this, he goes on and says, eyes haven't seen, ears have not heard. It never, it either has it entered into the heart of man, the things that I have stored up for them. Amen. So somebody gets a hold of that scripture makes a really modern day message and says, you all have no idea what he's got waiting for you over there. So what we do, 
we postpone, we throw off and go, whew, one day, that's gonna be incredible over there. One day, that's gonna be incredible over there. I, hey, hold on, hang on. Listen, we're, we're enduring this for a season. Well, listen, I don't know about you, but I'm competitive enough. I am, I'm not willing to concede this. Can I find a witness in here or two? I'm not willing to concede earth and this life just one day get over there. I thank God for over there. I'm not downing over there. That's like I'm saying earlier, I'm not against that. I got them all for that. But I'm not gonna be against this just so I can go there. In the meantime, the thief coming to kill, steal, and destroy, and people's lives are coming up very short. Depression, repression, oppression, anxiety, all these things are hovering over top. Heart disease and everything, strokes and everything you could possibly imagine or hope poverty over our entire region. We can't even breathe because we're smothering to death. Our families are falling apart because of the pressure that is on everybody, right? And then somehow somebody comes out and squeaks this, this gospel that's about half this much truth, and then somebody gets a hold of that, and they go down this path, and then the church and the world are going, oh God, I don't think that, that's not it either, is it? Surely there's gotta be more to this thing than that. And somebody just wants Jesus. I just want Jesus. The world just wants Jesus. I'm not interested in all of this other fluff and pomp and circumstance. We'll do all those things because they're nice, but they'll never take the place of the substance of Christ in your life. I don't care how many songs that they write. I don't care how much lights and cameras and action that we have up here. Somebody needs to touch Christ. That's the whole goal. And I'm telling you guys, it's not gonna be because we try harder, we roll up our sleeves and work harder. It's not gonna be that, it's gonna be when we believe on him whom that has been sent Something rises up inside of us that says, well, if I believe in him that has been sent, then I gotta believe something about me that he said about me. And when I start believing something about me that's not self-centered, that's Christ-centered in me, which is the hope of glory, something begins to change in lives. And the world begins to see there's something happening. Whether you know it or not, Christ is pent up inside of you, and he's, he entered you as a lamb but he is roaring like a lion to be released to the world. I'm telling you that by the spirit of the Lord this morning. He's pent up inside of you and he says, if you come into me and sup and I'll, I'll eat with you and we'll have, we'll have communion and you'll take on the new covenant, why? So you can sit on the throne with me. You'll be an overcomer and enter to the kingdom. Verse 20 says, sup with me. We have done that, we have come to him and said, Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross. But the re reality is, Scripture chapter, verse 20 has got to become a 21 where we have overcome by entering into the throne of God. We have got to walk into this place of the kingdom where it's not abdicated of one day. The kingdom of God is not heaven. The kingdom of God is the spiritual influence where God rules and reigns wherever he is. Are you following me? So the world is crying out, you're crying out, I'm crying out, we're groaning and travailing for the manifestations of who? Jesus, no, he's already manifested. The world, he said all heaven and earth are groaning, travailing for the manifestations of you. We're groaning for a manifestation of him to hurry up and come back and get us out of here. I'm telling you, quit groaning to leave, Start groaning to be who you are. You're packing something. 
You're carrying something. You have no confidence because you've been hurt in the past. Put it behind you. Amen. Try, taste and see that the Lord is good. He has prepared a table before you, for you, to sup with him in the presence of your enemies. That's your ex-husband, that's your ex-wife, but if you look at fresh flesh and blood, that's what you'll see. Your sickness, your disease, your depression, your anxiety, your past failures, all of those things, he will prepare a table in the midst, in the presence of your enemy, for you to eat of what? The lamb. We're waiting on a marriage supper of the lamb over there. And I'm telling you, you can eat the lamb here. And the lamb is the key and the only one that could unseal the book, the book of life, the book of the new covenant, your life, you're the book. Yes. And it's locked up. Your book is sealed shut until the lamb, which is the only one worthy to open the book, unlocks the book. And when you sup with him and have him come into you, he breaks the seal. The book is now open for you to discover who he has made you to be. The church will tell you it's to be a camera operator, to be a parking lot attendant, so you can give your tithe and offering. That's a fraction of who you are when that book is open. The book says you're the son and daughter of God. The lamb unsealed the book, the book of your life. That's why these people are walking around aimless that have never allowed the, the lamb to open the book. They're like vagabonds walking around. Who, unfortunately, there's been a lot of Christians that walk around like that too. We're saved. We believe he died for our sins, but the, the lamb's got to open the book. The book's got to open up and you're sealed. Your, your seal is broken, by the, opened by the, by the lamb. And you're sealed with the power of the Holy Spirit. So as the power of the Holy Spirit replaces the seal that's been holding you back, which is flesh, the, the, the seal of flesh is broken. Are you following me? Because yeah. nobody, can, nobody can take on flesh but Jesus. Right. And on the cross, he became flesh, yeah. which opened the seal. Yeah. So the flesh that held you back now can't hold you any longer, and now you replace the seal of flesh with the, the seal of the Holy Spirit for you to discover why he created you, which is the book of life. Oh, yeah. So you lose a job over here. And you get a job over there. That wasn't the job you wanted. You really wanted that one to keep the one you had, but you didn't get. Well, guess what? God found some reason to redirect your steps. You went through a divorce. Over, I can, man, I can read this. So you went through a divorce over here that you weren't even looking for. Or maybe you even caused that divorce. And the Lord somehow in his grace and his mercy picked you up, turned you around, redirected your path, put you on another place and says, I'm not done with you yet. You can be down on yourself, but I won't be down on you. You can lose your confidence, but I'm not losing confidence in you. Yes, we should have never happened. Yes, you should have done things differently. Yes, you should, but we're not staying there. I'm gonna redirect your steps. 
I'm gonna reposition you. I'm gonna elevate you whether you like it or you don't. Why? Because I've been so good? No, because I've been so bad, then disqualify. No, it's because he desires to do what he desires to do when he wants to do it. You can't go back on your life and live regrets because every single mistake you ever made, God somehow turned it to you to bring you back where he wants you to be. And you can run a million different directions backwards, but I promise you, somehow God will be over there too and redirect your steps because you're gonna find him everywhere you go once that seal has been opened. Every little bit of chaos you have in your life, the spirit hovers over top of it. If you're not any different than Genesis chapter one. Every area of your life that's empty, void, dark, the spirit moves. When the spirit moves, the word speaks. When the word speaks, illumination comes and then God says to himself, well, this is good. You may not feel good, but God says it's good. Why? Because he's raising you up whether you like it or whether you know it or not. For the days we're living in, it's 2019, moving into 2020, and it is an accelerated time, and he's moving you and us into a place where he's going to show you who you are. And he's gonna trust you that you're not gonna get off center with some craziness that's gonna make it about you. We're gonna relive some of those days in Acts, and we're gonna grow past some of those days in Acts to a more mature church. And here's what happened. They come, and Peter was healing everybody, raising people from the dead, things were happening, and they come and kneeled at Peter's legs and at his, knee, at his feet and said, my God, Peter, you must be a God. Peter said, get up, I'm a man like you are. Right? right? Peter, I'm a man just like you are. In other words, they're gonna think it's you, but you're gonna know it's him. The Lord just spoke to me and said, somebody in here this morning is sitting here right now going, I've heard all this before. I've heard it, I've heard it. I wish this, it wasn't 1216 or saying in her head, I wish this was 1230. How much longer is he gonna go? This is what you're saying in your heart, your mind. You looked at your watch, you looked at your phone, you looked around you, you've lost interest. I'm not calling you out because I'm not gonna have you come forward. I'll tell you that right now, right? But you're gonna know in your heart that I'm talking to you and you're gonna know that God's talking to you. And here's what the Lord says for me to tell you. Oh, you have a child and your child is incredibly gifted. But your child looks at you and basically worships you. You have an, an uncommon bond with your child, dad. It's uncommon, it's, it's healthy, but it's uncommon because she's the apple of your eye. And she worships you. She looks to you for everything. An uncommon relationship. And the Lord told me to tell you just now, yes, you, that as you look on her, and she is your entire world, he says, that's how he feels about you, because you're his entire world. Somebody else in here this morning that's having neck issues. I don't, I don't know. What, I just felt it pierced through my neck. You're having neck issues. 
In fact, who is it in here? Someone's having a neck issue. Ernie? Diana? Anybody else back here? Neck? 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 The reason that's all the neck is because God said, he, Jesus said, he's the head, we're the body, but it, the neck has got to be connected and be able to be mobile. You can't have any pain in the neck because it affects the head and the body. If you're that, you want you to stand to your feet real fast. Okay. Annie, you're here. Do I see you? Did I see Annie? Annie, I want you to go pray for Carolyn, if you don't mind, real quickly. I just want you to, whatever is wrong with her neck, I just want you to pray for it and, and heal her. Now, here, here, before you do that, let me just give you some Bible, okay? Jesus took 70 people, called them to himself, and he says, I want you to go out and heal the sick. He didn't say, go out and find the sick and come running back to me. Right? He said, all power that I'm having right now, I'm giving that power and authority to you. They're gonna think it's you, but you're gonna know it came from me. So we're not here to make disclaimers and qualifications. We're here to heal the sick. Right? Are we okay with that? We gotta get into that because we're not, we're not it's not heresy we're preaching here. Jesus said, I give you power to heal the sick. Cast out devils. Go, all 70 of you. Go two by two. They went out and did what he told them to do. They came back to him excited because they said, even the devil, devils are subject to, to us in your name. But he said, don't get all pumped up about that. Get excited because your name's written in the book, in the book of life. Your name's written in heaven. Not heaven as in physical location, heaven in the spirit. Your name is written in the spirit. Are you following me? This is important, guys, because this is where the rubber meets the road. It's, it's Jesus wants you to do what he called you to do. And it starts with knowing who you are. If, if somebody comes and prays hands on Ernie and lays hands on Ernie and his neck get healed, and say Josh prays for him, and I look at Josh and I say, Josh, thanks for praying for him. We're gonna stone you for who you said, you, for, 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 for healing him. Now listen, you gotta get this. You gotta pray for stone you for healing him. Josh has to look at me and say, why are you stoning me for that? And they say, well, we're not really stoning you for that. We're stoning you because you said you were equal and son of, the son of God. Are you following me? Yeah. Who in here believes Jesus is not getting any glory out of the pain that's in their neck. Would everybody agree with that? Can I get a group of people to believe with me that Jesus wants their neck healed? Right, then somebody, see I'm trying to get this away from this iconic thing, because typically what I could do to draw a crowd is everybody come up here and I'll lay hands on you, and you guys watch me. Uh -uh. We're mobilizing the body, okay? Now, I'm, I'm looking for somebody that believes that Jesus is who he says he is and you are who you say you are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Can, I get a, can I get a witness? Amen. Right? Oh. I got a witness. I heard it. Hmm. Candy, I'd like for you to just lay hands on Pam, if you will. Him tufts behind you. Lisa, would you lay hands on Patrice, Patricia? Stacy, girl Stacy. There's two Stacy's. Girl Stacy. Would you lay hands on Peggy? Stacy, boy, I want you to lay hands on Mike. 
Now, this isn't a show. We're illustration. This is an illustration. You following me? You got that path? Who else we need? We got Ernie. Terry, you got it. See, if we were really anointed, we'd have background music right now. Or I'd say, look at your neighbor. We're not going to do that. Listen, I'm playing and being a little funny here, but I'm just being honest with you. I feel like we've got a church in agreement right now. We've got an agreement that Jesus is not getting pleasure or, or, or glory out of a bad neck. All right, guys, go ahead and pray. Just, not that you needed my permission. You're already doing it, I can see. Church, you all pray with them. Intercede. I'm going to ask you one more thing. While they're still praying, they can continue. As they pray, guys, I want you to check your necks, if you will. But I'm going to talk to the rest of you for just a moment. Lord, just drop this in my heart. I'm just going to say what I heard. Who in here has had something traumatic in your past? Life-altering experience. When I say life-altering, it could be relationship, it could be job-related, it could be health, I don't know, something that happened in your past that's life-altering, and you feel you've never fully recovered past that moment that you feel like your life just kind of stopped during that time, and you never picked up steam, or maybe you're moving at a really slow pace, and it gets frustrating at times. Who would that be in here? Anybody else? Yeah. Anybody else here? Okay. Would you guys stand for your, with your feet? For your feet. Rhonda, I want you to go back and play, pray for her if you don't mind. Right back there. I can't see you. Is Maria back there? Maria, would you care to pray for her right there? Somebody else was over here. The lights I can't see. Anybody else? You had a situation, whether, I don't know what it was, relational, physical, job related, I don't know, that you never fully, never really, you don't have the, fe- the, 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 the joy or the feeling of progression or success or momentum that you had back then. Is that anybody else? I thought there was a guy. I could feel that in my heart, a man. There he is. He just don't want to stand up. That's okay. Just know I'm talking to you. Okay? You don't have to, you don't have to stand up. That's fine. Just know I'm talking to you. That's your confirmation that the Lord's moving in your life.
Lord's good. It's not what you do, it's who you are. Remember that. flashed in my head. Listen to this. Back in the late, in the 80s and the early 90s, there was an incredible wealth. Um, David, you know this probably better than anybody. It was incredible wealth building time, decade, years, where lots of wealth was created in this country. During that time, also with you know, incredible wealth and growth, there was also growth in church. During that same time, mega churches, ministries were getting huge. Lots were happening. But it was also during the time when you had the PTL, the Swigert. You had a lot of things that were happening that kind of put a lot enough the real sour taste in a lot of people's mouth. Thank God, all those guys have been restored during that time. But we saw a wonderful outpouring of God's Spirit during that. And the Lord's telling me, as the economy continues to grow and do what it's doing, and there's incredible opportunity for people in business and life, all that's happening. He said, this time it's not going to be, there is gonna be also a wave of the spirit that's moving like it is, right now, he is right now. That, because the world is more, in more chaos, it appears, than ever before. Uh, the country has never been so divided I've ever remember that it is right now. And you can get mad at Republicans or you can get mad at Democrats, but if you're really not mad at both and like both in some degree, something's wrong with you. You know what I mean? If you're just one, if you're solely one-sided on this thing, you probably ought to check your motivations, right? Am I good? You could like Trump's agenda for economics, but you hate his tweets. So can I get an amen? Okay? Well, that's what I'm saying, all right? There, I want health care for everybody too, right? But I also know we gotta pay for it, right? But I don't wanna just not be not about pay for it when I don't wanna just stand over here. I'm getting politics a little bit. I'm just saying that there are, there are some truths that are coming from people that the Lord is speaking, yes. right? So you need to contend for those truths because they're identifying the needs in society, right? But this is gonna be different this time because the church, us, God is strategically placing people in roles and vocations in society and culture and life and jobs on those mountains for us to be who we are in those areas. But he's raising up a bold people that's not intimidated or timid based on the opinions of everybody else. That we're going to love God healing Ernie's neck more than what people think about us. Are you with me? We're gonna want somebody prosperous and off out of poverty more than we care what people think about us because somebody has a little bit of money. It's gonna be okay to go back to school when you're 50 and 60 years old, get your degree. I don't care what people think, why? Because God's positioning you. Now real quickly, I wanna do these three scriptures and I wanna tell you this and we're gonna pray and I'm gonna close. And it's real quick, it won't take us long. I read the first one in Ephesians chapter one when I said, Jesus is far above principalities and powers and rulers of, he's above everything. Can we agree on that in here this morning? He's not, he's not subject to anything. 
okay? He's far above all those things. Last week, I read in Genesis chapter one, where in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There's a physical location. What you see with your eyes is physical. It's our physical locale, right? It's the first heaven. It's, it's the first layer of life in society that we see. Then there's the second heaven, which is what the, is called the principalities and powers of the air. They rule in those areas of darkness. They hover over top. They hover over the principalities over here. They'll be over Huntington. They'll be over your home. They'll, they'll hover. But then Paul talked about, in 2 Corinthians, I think it was, where he said, yeah, Paul says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. But all I know is I was caught up in the third heaven. Now hear me when I say this. Jesus rose and ascended and lives in the realm of the third heaven, right? It's where God's throne is. You and I live, whatever your address is, is that first heaven. Following me? The battle is in that second place, is the ruler of the air, the place you can't see with your natural eyes, but it battles for rulership. For decades, us as a church, people, have tried to posture ourselves and take the position of our starting place in the first heaven, trying to penetrate through all those hard things to finally ping heaven and get God to hurry up and try to ping back through down to the first heaven. We have to change our starting position. See, if we're in Christ, where is he? Third heaven. If we're in us, we're in the first. If we're in the first heaven, we're not gonna penetrate the second heaven. They will still hover over top of us and smother and choke the life out of us. But if we're in him, and how do you get in him? Can I make it real simple for you? Real easy. You gotta believe he is who he says he is. And you gotta believe he says what, you, what he says about you is true. You are a son and a daughter of God. God, I want, I can't wait till somebody comes up to me and says, all these people at work were persecuting me because I said I was the son of God. I'm not telling you you're God. And I'm not telling you you're Jesus. But I am telling you, you got a place at the table. Would you stand with me? We're gonna close this out next week and I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> it's gonna be phenomenal. You need to be here because God is doing something. Don't think he's not. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Anybody in here need to get saved this morning? Just raise your hand. I'm not gonna call you up front. I'm just gonna, if you need to get saved, just raise your hand. I just need, to, I need all that condemnation off of me. I need, I need a clean slate. Nobody's looking around. That means everybody's saved or we got some people not telling the truth. Either way, it's all right. We'll live with it, all right? I'm just glad you're here. Nobody's still looking around. Let me ask you this, with your hands raised, did this minister to somebody this morning, did you get anything out of this today? If it did, just raise your hand. Let me just see where you're at. All right, good. Father, we bless you this morning, Lord. We thank you for the word, the revelation, the illumination. We thank you for your spirit that's hovering and moving over your people. We thank you for the shift that we feel in atmospheres and environments. 
We thank you, Lord, for changing our posture. Lord, help us to see us at the same level that you see us. And let's not be ashamed of it or timidly backing up from it. And Lord, help us to stay grounded in humility. That you would choose us to be alive in 2019, advancing your kingdom and setting the captive free. Help us to articulate it. Help us to, uh, to demonstrate it. That you would get the most glory. That people would see that Jesus, you are the king. That there's none like you. There's none like you. That you would receive the rewards of your suffering and the inheritance that's in your saints. Raise up your people, Lord. Help us to see, be, and do what you've called us to be and do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you all Wednesday night.